0: Hey guys, we are so glad that you are joining us for GSM Online tonight. We are rolling into week nine of this for student ministry. Our church has done this for 10 weeks now. This is crazy, guys. We never expected it was gonna last this long, but here we are. Hey, we are hoping with everything we've got for when we get to meet together in person. Um, that day is coming soon. And um, we'll let you know as soon as we figure out what that specific day is. Our church is already meeting, which is awesome. Um, but we just wanna know that, once you guys to know that we are praying for that day and we are planning um, as much as we can to get those doors open for student ministry and get you guys back here. I want to say one quick thank you again to the rest of the band for joining us tonight and leading worship for us. Uh, we are going to talk a lot about the things we sang about. Um, and so it's really cool that we have such awesome, talented people that get to join us um, and be a part of what we do on our team. So we're grateful for that. If you've got your paper, paper Bibles with you, I want you to turn them to Psalms, um, and we're going to get there in a second. We're going to jump all over the book, but we're finishing... Um, we're not finishing. We're, we're rolling on with this next uh, week of our series, You Asked for It, where you guys, as the students, send topics to us and build the sermon series. We talk about what you want us to talk about. And so tonight, we are going to be talking about what might be the heaviest topic I have ever spoken on myself. It's a big deal and it's got a lot of weight. We're going to talk about d- depression sadness, feelings of loneliness, and just low emotions tonight. Um, But before we get there, I want to ask you, does does anybody watching this use Spotify? Uh, You might use Apple Music. You might use Amazon Music. And if that's you, I just want to tell you that the Lord will judge you one day be ready for that. I'm just kidding. Spotify is really cool. I prefer Spotify. I like that I can curate and tailor the music exactly how I want it. And what I love about that is when there are specific seasons of my life where I wanna to listen to something very, very particular, Spotify gives me the ability to create a playlist for that. And I think a lot of you are the same way. Maybe we've got Spotify playlists for our happy days. We've got playlists for the summer or the winter or for Christmas or worship playlists, or I have an instrumentalist, instrumental playlist called Shalom that I listen to while I study my Bible. Um, But all of us at some point in our life, maybe not right now, but at some point, we've had a playlist or an artist or an album from that artist that we listen to on repeat on days where we're sad, right? I have a friend actually who has a playlist like this and he's named it Sad Boy Hours, right? B-O-I, Sad Boy Hours. And that's what I wanna title this message, Sad Boy Hours, right? under the idea of this playlist, because there's something about the music that we listen to that speaks volumes about what we're feeling, but it also speaks volumes into what we're feeling, right? It's like this recycled, or like this this revolving circle of what we listen, what, what music we listen to speaks a lot about what we're feeling, and that speaks into what we're feeling, and it kind of affects how we're feeling, and it just goes around in a circle, right? And when I was in high school, especially when I was a senior, there was a moment of my life, a season of my life where I felt low. I felt deep into what you could call a pit of depression. And, and I had to look up the definition of depression to make sure I understood this correctly. So the, the, the dictionary says, the uh, medical dictionaries say that de- depression is a feeling or prolonged feelings of despondency and, and or dejection. And those are just big words that mean that you're feeling low because you've lost hope or courage, right? The, the, the things that bring us forward in life, that bring us up in our feelings, those things may not be there. So we feel low and that's depression. And in this season of my life, I particularly went to Imagine Dragons and they don't have a lot of happy music, right? They have some, but they don't have a lot. And I just listened to this music on repeat and I just felt worse and worse and worse, So tonight we're going to look at the Psalms. We're going to dive in to music, the lyrics of music from the Bible to speak directly to this. Okay, I want you to know you're going to hear from God tonight. You are going to hear from the creator of the universe directly to you. And if that doesn't get you excited, just wait, because there's lots of reasons to be. But before we do that, I want us to pray. Um, And when we're done praying, we're going to break down some of these Psalms. So let's pray together. God I, I just come to you tonight asking you, would you speak to us through your word? Would you show us that this music that you have written through David and the sons of Korah and Asaph and all these different people, that they speak directly to where we're at right now. Would you open our hearts to hear it and to be transformed by it so that as the music we listen to in our everyday life changes our mind and our hearts and our thoughts, would your music and the songs of the Psalms, would they change our hearts um, and open us up um, to be new, to be more like your son, to be brought back to life um, in a way that this other music can't even hope to get close to. And I pray for these students or anyone else that's listening to this message that you would speak to them, um, that you would teach them something and that you would change their hearts. And I pray God for myself, that you would speak through me and my words would be forgotten, but yours would be remembered forever. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. So earlier we defined depression, right? What is depression? It's longing, longing feelings or prolonged feelings of dejection or despondency. Feelings, right? Emotions. That's what depression is. It's a big blanket term that covers lots of different low feelings. And if you're with us in our middle school ministry series at the end of 2019, we talked about how feelings are real, but they're not reliable. And I want you to hammer that into your brain as we go through the rest of this message, because that's going to be the center of everything that we have to talk about tonight. Your feelings are real, but they are not reliable. You cannot rely on them. Not always. Okay? They are real, but they are not reliable. And before we do anything else, let me get this out of the way as well. I wanna be clear, I am not a medical doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a therapist. So my job tonight is not going to be to tell you if you should go take medicine for your depression or if you should go to a therapist, there are people who God has blessed with the ability to see into those situations way more clearly than I can. Um, and so talk to them if that's what you feel like might be the next step for you. Here's what I am. I am not those things, but I am a teacher of the word of God, a preacher, a proclaimer of what God has to say. And so I just wanna let you know what your creator has to say about you and what it has to do with all of these feelings of depression and loneliness, Okay. I'm going to show you what God has said. So here's the deal. You may go to those people and you may hear things from them, but let me tell you this. If they tell you anything that goes against what God has said, God wins every time. I do know that. So don't forget that part. Don't misunderstand this for what it's, for what it's supposed to be. It is supposed to be us showing you what God has to say and what he's doing when you are feeling low. When we're feeling depressed, there's this question that rings in all of it. And we may not all ask it the same way. We may not use the exact same words, but this question is there. And here's what it is. What is God doing when I'm feeling depressed? Where is he? Right? We, we ask this a bunch of different ways. Where is God? Why aren't you answering me? What is he doing right now? Has he ignored me? What is God doing when I'm feeling depressed? I think there are three big feelings that are kind of under all of depression that seem to be common in more, more situations than not. And I'm talking about both the seasons where depression seems to stand for a long time and where it's just for a couple of weeks, a couple of days, a couple of hours, maybe a couple of minutes, anywhere on the spectrum, these things show up. So what I want to do is I want to answer this question. What is God doing when I am feeling low? When I am feeling, first of all, that everything is falling apart, what is God doing? I think that's the first feeling that underlies everything. What is God doing when everything is falling apart? When I feel like the ground beneath me is even falling out from under my feet, what is he doing? Where is he? Because if he's supposed to have created the world. He's supposed to be holding it all together, but it seems like everything is falling apart around me. What is he doing? Here's what he's doing. He's holding you. So if you're writing down notes, I want you to write this down. When, when I am feeling like everything is falling apart, what is God doing? He's holding me, okay? Psalm 139, five. This is like considered David's biggest Psalm, like his number one hit, the thing that, that he topped the charts with at the end of his life. This is what he says in verse five. He says, you God, you hem me in. You keep me in one place. By the way, I'm reading out of the English standard version. Normally we read out of the Holman In our church, I'm using the ESV tonight because of the way that it words some of these verses and also because I can hold this in my hand, okay? And we're flipping back and forth lots of of verses. But verse five says, you hem me in behind me and before me and you lay your hand upon me. And then in verse eight, sorry, verse seven, he says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, that's the Hebrew word for hell. If I make my bed in Sheol at the lowest of lows, you're there too. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, if I sprouted wings and flew to the edge of the earth, you're there too. Where can I go to get away from you? He says, even there, your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. And then in verse 11, he says, if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night night. Verse 12, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day for darkness is as light with you. Psalm 139.5 leads to this beautiful statement. He says, even there in verse 10, that your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. It's kind of like this. When I was little, uh, my, my family got this membership at the city pool. It would be like getting a membership at the Cherry Park pool if you live in Weatherford right? And every day, basically through the whole summer, I was in like fourth grade, I think, we would go to this pool all the time. And at its deepest point, it was like 11 or 12 feet deep. And at the shallowest, it was three feet. And I can remember so many days jumping into the water and, and not really knowing how to swim. Do you guys remember that season of your life where you jump in and because you want to have fun and you want to be doing life like everybody else at the pool is doing it, but, but you just don't know how to swim yet, right? So, so it's really dependent. If you're going to have fun in the pool, it's dependent on one big thing. Can you touch the bottom? Because if you can then everything's going to be okay. Do you remember the feeling of jumping into the pool and and sprawling around, trying to find your footing, and then all of a sudden your toe hits the floor and everything changes in one moment? I can touch. I can do it. God, like, like you look at mom and you're like, mom, I can touch. Dad, I can touch. Look, and all of a sudden you're just ready to have fun and live life in a way that you may not have been able to do had you not been able to touch the bottom this is what it's like. It's because there's this security in having a foundation in having protection and having a base that is what you can build everything else on. It's, it's, it's common in seasons of depression to feel like that's not there and to feel like that foundation is gone. But the truth of the Bible tells us that he is everywhere and he is not, uh, he is not leaving us or forsaking us. There is a foundation in God that we can stand on, truth that we can hold on to. Psalm 102 Verses 25 through 27 prove this point. We don't know who wrote this psalm, but he was in a really low spot when he did. And here's what he wrote Of old, in the past, you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment, and you will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you, God, you are the same, and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. When you're feeling like everything is falling apart, he is holding you. He is. And you may not have those feelings of everything falling apart disappear, but it's true that he holds you in the middle of them. Second feeling is this. I don't feel like anybody cares. Nobody cares about me. I've tried to tell everybody what's going wrong in my life. I've tried to talk to people about this, but nobody seems to care. Nobody's listening to me. What is, it, what is it worth to go through life with all these difficult things if nobody cares? Let me tell you what your God is doing when you feel like nobody cares. He, he is listening to you. And if you don't believe me, check this out. Psalm 34, verse six um, is one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite Psalms ever because of this verse. Um, and it's so cool because there's so many moments in my life where I feel like God is distant and he's not listening to me. He doesn't care about me. And then this Psalm smacks me in the face and says, wake up, you're wrong. Here's what it says. Psalm 34, verse six. This poor man, David, this guy who's messed up and done all kinds of terrible things and his life is falling apart. He cried out and the Lord heard him. He says, I cried out and God heard me. It's not that God was listening for all the little things for David to do where he was going to mess up. It's that God listened directly to David because he loves him. If that's not enough, look at Psalm 116 verse 2. I have this one hung up in my office right now. It is on the wall above my desk. Psalm 116 verse 2. I think this is David as well. Actually, it doesn't say, but here's what it says. Let's start in verse 1 actually. I love the Lord. Why? Because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call out to him as long as I live. Your God is listening to you. He's listening. Not because he's trying to watch for you to to trip up or do something wrong or because he's just looking for an excuse um, to punish you, but because he cares about you and he knows all the little details. He wants you to tell him. Psalm six, verses six through nine, I think are the best description of this. I am weary, this is David, I am weary with my moaning. My crying has worn me out. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with my weeping. Anybody ever looked up from the couch after 30 minutes of crying and you see the stain on the couch and you're like, ooh, yeah, David knows too. Depart, or sorry, verse seven, my my eye wastes away because of my grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. Why? For the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping. The Lord has heard my plea and the Lord accepts my prayer. I have a family member, a closer family member um, that, that deals with depression on a long-term scale and has had to even be pulled from regular school um, when they were in school to, to be able to do school at home because depression overwhelmed them so much um, with the other kids at school. And one of the things that that person has said is if someone would just listen, she knows the truth of God in this Bible is, is, is there and she knows it's true, but the feelings don't go away. So if someone would just listen to what she has to say, that would help a lot. And here's the thing, even if no other people in your life are listening to you, God is, and I'm telling you right now, I care as well because God has changed me and brought me back to life. So at the very least, I care. God cares and so do I. So listen, you are loved and he is listening to you. It's all over, just the book of Psalms. And we could go all over the rest of the Bible to show you all the different things that show that God cares, but it all kind of comes to a point in the idea that, and the truth that Jesus came and died for you. That's how much he cares for you. He died for you. And he says, there is no love in the world that is greater or stronger or more powerful than the love that would lead someone to lay down his life and, and die for his friends. And that's exactly what he did for you. Which leads us to our third feeling, that everything is hopeless. I tried this, tried to bring my grades up and my parents won't get off my back. I tried to get these people to pay attention to me and to like me, but they won't. And I tried to get into that college and this college and this college and none of them accepted me. And now here I am on the eve of graduation, not knowing what I'm gonna do because I had these plans and they all fell apart. So what's the point? Everything's hopeless. What your God is doing when you feel hopeless is he is restoring you. He's bringing you back to what you were made to be, even if you don't feel it. Psalm 71 verses 20 and 21 kind of start us off for this. It says, you God who have made me see many troubles and calamities, right? He's allowed you to see many troubles and many hard things in life. You will revive me again from the depths of the earth, starting at the bottom, at the lowest. It does not remove that part. It just starts there from the depths of the earth you will bring me up again you will increase my greatness and comfort me again and then in psalm 61 just 10 psalms before this is where we're going to drive it home here's what david says in verses one through three hear my cry O god listen to my prayer we know he does we just talked about that from the end of the earth i call to you When my heart is faint. If you've you've heard me preach before, you've probably heard me mention that the Hebrew word for heart here is lebav or lebab, depending on how you want to pronounce it. It means not just the organ in your body. It doesn't mean all the emotions that you feel. It means all of who you are, everything, every part of your life, your body, your feelings, your thoughts, your actions. When my heart, when everything is faint, is weak, is hopeless. When everything is faint, it says, From the ends of the earth, I call out to you when my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Jesus is that rock. And let me show you. In Matthew 21, 44, Jesus is speaking to a group of people who think they understand the Bible. And he's here to tell them, no, you don't. Because the point of all of it is me. And if you don't get that, you're missing it. In fact, it's like a cornerstone. In architecture in their day, they would pick a perfectly square cube stone and put that on the corner of where they were gonna build their building. And if anything was wrong about that, then everything else about the walls of the building would be messed up. And he's trying to tell them, I am the cornerstone of this. The whole point is me. So if you miss that, you miss me. And then he calls himself the cornerstone by saying in verse 44, the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces. And when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. There's a feeling of brokenness at the bottom in the lowness, in the dark moments. You know why that feels that way? Because it is, because life is broken. In in John chapter four, Jesus is at this well with this woman who has like 17 strikes against her. Everything is wrong in her life according to the people that she lives with. And he looks at her and he is there to give her hope and he is there to restore her life. But he starts by telling her to go call her husband to him. And she's like, I don't have a husband. He's like, yeah, you're right. You ain't got a husband. You've had five. And the dude you're living with now is not your husband. And she's like, ooh, okay, um, now I'm uncomfortable and you just reminded me of all the things I've done wrong. And now I feel low, right? She felt low. And then he offered the hope. And here's what's crazy about this. Romans 8:28 says that God will work all things together for the good of those who call on his name. And here's what he means by that. It doesn't matter how bad it gets. It doesn't matter how low it gets. It doesn't matter how dark it gets. God can use every single thing, every moment of your life to bring about good in your life. And here's how this works for depression. You're never gonna know how good God really is until you understand how low we really are. Because guess what? We said earlier that our feelings are real, but they're not reliable. That means that sometimes they lie to us. But here's what's true. You might feel like everything is falling apart because it is falling apart. It's truth. So, the Bible tells us that the earth is, is actually groaning as if it were about to give birth. It's in so much pain, right? Everything is falling apart, it's true. And you may feel like nobody cares in your life. And let me tell you something, your family, they might love you a lot. They might even lay down their lives for you. A lot of our families will, most of them will. But here's the thing, they're sinners too. And at some point their love will not be enough. Their care will not be enough. Your parents cannot save you. Your friends cannot save you. Only the love of Jesus and the power of Jesus can save you. So when you feel like nobody cares, guess what? Nobody cares enough. Nobody does. And when you feel like everything is hopeless, it's true. It really is. We are broken and we are, we are out of our own ability to fix things. But that's the blessing. That's how he brings it all together for you. You will never understand how much he loves you until you understand that you can do nothing for yourself. You've got to clear the space out in your heart for him to fill it with his goodness it's happened to so many people it happened to the woman at the well in John 4 it happened to Isaiah when he was in the throne room of God it happened to Peter when he was on the side of the sea of Galilee and Jesus showed up for the first time it happened to Paul when God knocked him off his horse it happened to Moses when he saw the burning bush it happened to Adam and Eve when Jesus when God walked through the garden of Eden and they knew how low they were it's been happening since the beginning have in these seasons of darkness and depression, we have a blessing to be able to understand how far we really are from God. And we can never fully understand how much He loves us until that pride and that self-worship in our hearts is broken. And sometimes it takes those seasons. Stephanie Gretzinger is a song leader and worship leader from California and she said, sometimes we sing about God because we believe it. And sometimes we sing until we believe it. And so here's what I want to tell you. We stayed in the Psalms for most of this because they are songs. And in seasons of sadness and depression, we play a soundtrack in our minds and everything goes over and over and over and it influences the way that we think and the way that we feel. But let me tell you, there's nothing that will influence the way you think and feel about the truth around you like this. So yes, some of you may need to choose to go see a professional and talk about medicine because this can be a physical problem too. But a lot of us, most of us need to root ourselves and focus ourselves in the truth of God's word, which we talked about earlier comes all together in one point, the cornerstone, which is this, that the world is broken and it is messed up. And we were made for a relationship with Jesus. That longing and that deep feeling that you have that everything is wrong and you're not where you're supposed to be. You have that because you were not made to be in this season. God puts you where you are for a reason, but you were made to be in a relationship with Jesus. That's the number one reason you exist. And you will never want that more than he wants it for you. So if you're interested in a relationship with Jesus, just DM us, send us the message, and we would love our whole, my job is to help you figure this out. We won't get all the answers, but that's why I'm on this stage is not to just tell you about this and talk to you about this, but that, so that somebody out there will reach out and send us a DM and say, hey, I'm down. And I wanna know the good news of Jesus. Can you help me remind myself of it? That's the point. So if you want a relationship with Jesus, DM us. If you have a relationship with Jesus, sing the truth of scripture over yourself, over and over and over again. There's an artist called Shane and Shane, a guy named Shane and a guy named Shane. And they've written, they've taken these psalms and they've turned them into songs that we sing like we sing in church today. Go look them up on Spotify or on Amazon Music or on Apple Music, they're there and sing the truth of God to yourself over and over and over again until you believe it. And it doesn't mean that the feelings are gonna go away. Jesus said in John 16, 33, that you will have trouble in this world, but that's not our hope, is that the feelings will disappear. Our hope is that he is good and we can hold on to him and at least have something to hold on to, even if the feelings last until the day we die. And that is our hope. We love you guys and we are glad that you joined us tonight for GSM Online. We'll see you again next week and we'll let you know um, specifically when we're gonna meet in person. But until then, um, we're praying for you guys um, and we'll see you soon, bye.